Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 302, and it is the WWDC Draft for 2020. Today's episode is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile, Pingdom, Linode, and KiwiCo. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by my friend, my compatriot, and my combatant in the draft today, Mr. Jason Snell. Hello, Jason Snell. Let's get ready to rumble! We will oh, indeed. God, this morning. is a I can't do that. Oh, big man. episode today, Ooh, and I am starting out yeah. this monumental episode of Upgrade with a first, Jason. I have two hashtag Snell talk questions for you. Are you stalling? Are you afraid to get to the draft? Are you afraid? You think that's Mike? what's happening here, do you? All right, pick number one. No, we're not going to no. do that. Question Question one from Albert is Jason. Aren't all lists kind of a draft? Albert, you have cracked the code. All lists are drafts. And I have used on many podcasts, especially the incomparable. In fact, I'm planning one of these right now. Draft sure. format can be used as a way to compile a fun list, right? Like that is a that is a common way to do it. So I would recommend the next time you're making a shopping list with the people you shop with in your household, maybe do it as a draft. And Dan's question is, which is your favorite word of the homophones, draft or draft? Draft meaning the one we're doing now or draft meaning like beer? Okay, well, I think you did that wrong. It's D-R-A-F-T and D-R-A-U-G-H-T. And the answer is I'm an American. It's always spelled D-R-A-F-T. Is it? For beer, too. Yes, it is. Huh. Okay, I didn't know that. So, like, for us, it's, it basically looks like the word drought, I guess, with an A uh, uh-huh. instead of an O. But that's, that's there we go. We all learned something today. Which one do you prefer, though? Draft beer or draft drafts? All right, don't make me pick. Don't make me choose <laughs> between, between my children. children. Okay, I can, we, can, we can move on today. Thank you so much for those Snell Talk questions. You can send in a tweet with the hashtag Snell Talk to help us open the show. We have some very big news here around Upgrade today, and that is the introduction of Upgrade Plus. You can go to getupgradeplus.com, sign up right now, and you will get this show with more content and no ads starting this week. It costs $5 a month or $50 a year. Basically, this is an adaptation of the Real AFM membership program. So now, if you choose to support Upgrade directly, so when you sign up, you get the money straight to us, you will get an additional bonus feed, which is Upgrade Plus, so there are no ads in the shows, and we have a bonus topic for every episode. Like today's episode, we're going to be kind of commiserating and kind of like looking at our drafts together after we've picked them and kind of see how we usually feel (laughs) that's a good time to be like oh no i don't know if i did a good job or maybe we'll be really confident so that's going to be the bonus topic for this week's upgrade Um, and so you can sign up at getupgradeplus.com of course we went with upgrade plus right (laughs) like it was the perfect name it had to be this name mike because we talk so much on upstream about how every single service should be a plus of some sort after Apple TV Plus, like just all the pluses just keep on accumulating. Um, you know, Peacock Pro Plus, all of those. Uh, so Upgrade Plus, it seems uh, logical to me. Yeah, it was a good one. I'm really pleased that we could get it. Obviously, you can't use the plus sign in a URL, so it's P-L-U-S, right? GetUpgradePlus.com. Um, there's a few things about this that I want to just dig into a little bit because... I think this is a fantastic deal, but because we have an existing membership plan, there's some things here. So if you're an existing Relay FM member already, thank you, you can add Upgrade Plus on top of your current membership. 
So you can have multiple memberships if you want, or you can switch it. So you can sign up for Upgrade Plus and cancel your existing plan, or you can get in touch with us and we can try and help you out. If you are a Upgrade Plus member, you will also still get all of the other RelayFM member benefits, like our bonus crossover content, access to the RelayFM members Discord and more. But then you also get access to this new feed, which gets you more of the show with no ads. Once again, that is getupgradeplus.com, or you can click the link in the show notes. Once you've signed up, it's super easy to sign up. You go to the, It takes you immediately to the Memberful Podcast page. Um, there's a little drop-down, so you get access to the RelayFM crossover content and Upgrade Plus. So you just select which one you want from the drop-down, and we have buttons when you're on mobile to immediately launch you into any open podcast player, which is wonderful. You do that super easily. You just hit one button, add it to Overcast, add it to Castro, Pocketcast, all those. Um, or if you're on a desktop, you get QR codes, and you can scan the QR code, and it immediately opens in your app of choice. So two feeds of a bunch of great stuff if you sign up at getupgradeplus.com for just $5 a month. I think this is fantastic value. There's so much content there. You'll also be helping support this show, getting that extra content from us, no longer hearing any ads. That's at getupgradeplus.com. I'm excited. We have been working for about three months on this. It's been really complex to, to get done. Um, and I want to thank Stephen and our developer, Ben, for making it happen so we can produce this. Uh, you know, if you remember a few months ago, we published a letter at Relay FM where we spoke about wanting to spend time on having more available for our listeners if they want to support us directly. And this is another part of that. So I'm really excited about this. Um, and I hope that all of the upgradians sign up and then they'll get even more of the show. So. And last week's show is an Upgrade Plus show too, by the way. Yes. So you should listen to that last segment yeah. if you subscribe, because we did it. We already did one as mm-hmm. a test. As last a test. Week. And and we we do a lot of we say a lot of dumb things and do a lot of nonsense, and the show spills over after we're done. Yep. And we've never really done an after show per se, and you know it's sort of like this is this is not quite that, but it's close to that. We're trying to I think channeling our um, our extra stuff in a, a little more structured way in order to have extra content in the Upgrade Plus feed. Yep. So the, and and we should say, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Yeah. The the show will remain free with ads and there will be a little bit less stuff in it, but we're not going to make a show with a cliffhanger that only is accessible to members or anything like that. We're not going to be jerks about it. But if you do want to hear more of us, um, it will be, there will be more of us in Upgrade Plus. And if you really want that content and don't want to pay... Like you can listen to our live stream. Yes, it's all there. Even the extra Upgrade Plus content is streamed live still. So you can get it there, but not everybody can. Not everybody will want to. It's not, not an edited show, right? Like I know for me, I like edited right. shows and it will continue to be that. So when you become an Upgrade Plus member, you'll hear a little bit of the music and then the music fades out and then a whole new topic starts. So it's a getupgradeplus.com. Right. And uh, and Upgrade Plus is the edited show, right? It's yep. not a it's not a bootleg nope. of the live stream. It is a fully edited show including mm-hmm. the extra material. Yep. Yep. So very excited, very excited and thank you to everybody uh, that signs up. So Apple have announced how WWDC is going to work. So oh, it's the about keynote time. Uh, yeah, I know. The keynote will be at 10 a.m. Pacific on Monday. Um, it's worth noting that basically as soon as the keynote ends, we will be going live with our kind of reactions episode to WWDC. So if you, I don't, obviously we don't know what time that will be, probably around noon Pacific. 
uh, at relay.fm slash live. This is a gr- if you become a member, you get access to the Relay FM members Discord. There's a great chat going on there all the time, and you can listen to the live feed inside of there as well. You can also listen on our website, but for me personally, I think that the Discord is the best place to get that content. So you can do that. I actually think as well that some of our Discord mods are planning like a watch along for the keynote as well. So that's a really awesome thing that they're, that they're looking at trying to do. So yeah, we will be streaming the show live basically as soon as we can after the keynote ends. Um, then the State of the Union is at 2 p.m. So we have some time, which is great. I'm very pleased about that. Um, mm-hmm. There's over 100 session videos that are going to be going up over the week. And this is interesting, but new videos will be going up at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific every day. It's a binge drop, isn't it? It's frustrating for me because I will wait all day, <laughs> right? And then at 6 right. p.m., stuff will start happening. So this is going to be the weird thing about WWDC for me this time anyway. It's like everything's going to be happening so late in the day for me, which is, you know... Maybe I'll just won't watch anything one day and then just catch up on it all the next day or something. The next morning so when we're all sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, that probably works. Um, an all-new Apple developer forum is coming on June 18th. I am fascinated to see what this is going to look like. Uh, during the week at WWDC, over a 1,000 engineers will be in the forum to discuss new APIs, answer questions. Anyone can view the conversations, but you have to be a paying developer program member to actually ask questions, which is probably a good move um, because it would, I'm sure, be absolutely unbelievably rammed if anyone, right? Like it's just because you can have a free membership to the developer program or a paid one. Um, you have to pay to get the betas and stuff. And then they're also doing one-on-one developer labs by appointment only for paying developer program members only. So this is basically what we'd hoped it would be, right? I think that they're doing all of the things that we would want, right? They're trying to replicate as much as they can and have an open discussion forum, which, you know, that forum is, is interesting because that's more than what you would usually get at WWDC, right? Like you, not all developers get to see what, Apple engineers have to say about things. So this will actually give them maybe a little bit more than they would normally have gotten. Which I think is kind yeah. of cool. I think yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, we'll see in practice how it works. Mm-hmm. This is going to be an interesting experiment. But um, I hope it goes well because I really like the idea that there will be, you know, potentially if this works, you can have other you know forums with apple participation or labs with apple participation maybe not all the time right because presumably the people at apple have to do their regular jobs most of the time but maybe there's a subset of people at apple people in developer relations or developer technical support who are in here more often going forward or maybe they set up like uh developer lab weeks throughout the year or something like that and spread this out maybe quarterly or something like that so there's once they build all of this I hope that they will put it into practice, but they're going to learn a lot about how well or how poorly it goes this first time. It is going to be fascinating to see what happens to these forums after the week of WWDC. Do they become like a ghost town? Like what, what are they, what is the plan with that? So yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely like really pleased to see that we now have a plan. The plan includes the bare minimum plus extra things we'd hope they would do. So I think Apple has done a really good job and, 
you, I think you can see here that like, you know, this is the reason why WWDC is so late in June. They had to get all this stuff ready. This was not what they were planning. And I think that they've so far, at least on the surface, done a really good job of outlining a good replacement for the week. Yeah. Well, just we just have to see how it goes. It's draft time yeah. now. Oh, it's draft time now. All right. Are you ready, Jason Snow? I'm not at all ready. Can we talk mm-hmm. about how you have dominated WWDC's drafts historically? We sure can. So here's some draft stats before we get into the rules. Uh, in 2019, <laughs> Jason, uh, he won again, getting both the March Services event and WWDC drafts. That was actually Jason's first and only win at the WWDC draft. We have done yeah. four WWDC drafts, 2016, 17, 18, and 19. I had 16, 17, and 18 in the win. Jason got 2019. I remember it was incredibly close last year as well. It was. Um, I have actually only won four drafts in total of the 12 that we have done, and three of those were WWDC drafts. So historically, this is my draft to lose however in the overall picture jason always wins so this is why the wwdc draft is the most interesting because i seem to do good in this one but jason does really well Uh overall yeah it's true it's true yeah three of your four wins are are at the developer conference interesting interesting isn't that interesting but again i've only won four out of 12 i'm a little concerned but let's uh yeah what are the rules? Let's remind everybody of the rules. 10 rounds, 20 overall picks between the two of us. The winner of the previous draft gets first pick, which is Jason. For an item to count, for it to be scored, it must either be clearly announced on stage or on a slide during the presentation. If it happens before the presentation, after the presentation, does not count. Stephen Hackett will adjudicate in a case of a scoring stalemate between the two of us. We always prefer to score ourselves, but sometimes we do need outside help. No half points awarded. No points awarded for any ridiculously obvious items. Like we cannot pick iOS 14 announced. Does not (laughs) count. The points awarded on the episode are final. So if anything is... Even if something is misscored, doesn't count. Whatever we say on our next episode is the final. And in case of a tie, we have a tiebreaker question. We have instituted the rule that the loser, that's such a a harsh thing, the uh, not winner gets to pick the tiebreaker uh, first. Our tiebreaker question is, does Tim Cook present from a stage? That is the right. entire thing. So is there a stage? The stage could be, so we'll talk about this. Stage could be any kind of stage, but it's a stage, right? So he is on an elevated platform. Yeah, as opposed to like on a floor at Apple Park, right? It's a stagecraft tiebreaker question, which mm-hmm. is, you know, is this going to seem more like a stage presentation or more like an infomercial? And I think I think we both agree that seems kind of like a, a take your pick proposition which is the whole idea behind the tiebreaker is that you could you could pick either one and you just have to pick one so we'll we'll say that too um we do like picking um our own uh, our own winners we've not had to resort to stephen hackett a lot which is good i mean he's got better things to do with his time quite honestly than dealing with us and uh when i say that um that it's ridiculously obvious items, I should say. We are picking from a list that was agreed upon by both of us so yep. that if you, dear listener, quibble with something and think that it's ridiculously obvious, fair enough. But mm-hmm. we agreed on a list. Yep. 
of items. Yeah, so that's that's a really important part of the rules because we're not picking blind here. Like Jason isn't saying stuff that I haven't heard before. We are picking from a pre-approved list of stuff that we've been working on for the past week or so. And then we have take from that list and we both order and we make our own little secret pick list that we then uh, surprise each other with. I will note that as always, there will be a scorecard. There'll be two scorecards in the show notes. One PDF scorecard that you can put into an app and drawing if you want. But the best scorecard is Zach Knox's interactive scorecard, which is in the show notes today. So you'll find that. So I guess for that uh, for that tiebreaker question, I think it's pretty obvious that I do believe that Tim Cook will present from a stage. So I say right. yes, Jason gets no. So if Tim is not on a stage, then uh, Jason will win the tiebreaker point. But the tiebreaker is only if we're a tie. It's not an actual point in the draft. right? I so, am fascinated to find out Apple's decision about whether they want to emulate a traditional Apple keynote or whether they're going to do this infomercial style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because, they, because they're both, as we talked about last week, both perfectly valid. But um, yep. Are they going to embrace it or do they think that there's just so much legacy with the Apple keynote presentation? And quite honestly, for people who are watching remotely, which is almost everybody, that's what it looks like, right? You could do it now and it would still look like a stage presentation, even though nobody is there. So we'll see. So I I don't know if you saw this, uh, but uh, I'm sure you did, that Tim Cook announced Apple's racial equality and justice uh, initiative which is like a, a mm-hmm. great thing. It's a, a really cool video. It's going to be led by uh, Lisa Jackson, who was running the environmental stuff at Apple. I, I assume, I don't know if it still is or if, if Lisa's moved to this or if it's become part of uh, their role. I'm not sure. But the, the, the point I want to bring up now is the video is shot with Apple Park in the background. He, Tim is in like an office or something. And I just bring this up because it's like, is that what WWDC is going to look like? Or are we going to get the yep. stage, right? Like, we don't know. Um, and Federico uh, mentioned this to me today. What if they use the outside stage that Apple have? They have, yeah, like, that, the stage, stage for concerts and stuff. That on the, could make on the, sense. In the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is one of the things that I'm really excited about. And actually, when we, one of the things that's making this draft complicated is we have way more weird picks than usual to pick from because there are a lot of unknowns just into how this presentation will be presented and that's one of the other kind of wrinkles in this draft that makes it a little bit more complicated now we should probably get started with draft picks one to three but before we do i want to thank our first sponsor of this episode and that is text expander from our friends at smile text expander lets you use abbreviations to expand simple things like a phone number or an address text expander updates these little snippets that you can create on all of your devices so you can use them when you're in uh, office or when you're at home no matter what you're doing no matter what type of work you're doing you can always have them with you on any device so a text expander snippet you'll create uh, some text it can have some fill-in fills like drop downs or it can just be a wall of text that you have to frequently type or send to people and you can expand it with just a couple of key types so maybe two or three letters will expand 20 paragraphs if you want it's an incredibly powerful tool you can use fill-ins pop-ups or more to make sure that your customized uh, text looks fantastic so it's not just boilerplate and it's available for teams as well where you can manage and share snippets across teams or departments this is something that we use here at relay fm we have customer support queries we have things that we need to send out to the clients that we work with and having all of that language shared amongst all of us means we're not all having to write this stuff 
every single time and it gives an element of consistency no matter what's being said in our company. If you want to learn more about Text Expander, they do webinars every month. You can sign up for beginner, advanced, and team webinars to learn more about boosting your productivity with Text Expander. Just go to textexpander.com slash webinar for that. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And upgrade listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander today. Check it out and see your productivity improve at textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and Relay FM. Are you ready, Jason Snell? Draft pick number one. In the no, I'm afraid. I'm terrified. WWDC keynote draft. What is your first pick? Well, since I get the first pick, which is very generous, I'm going to go with the thing that is the closest to a certainty, but it's not a certainty. It is a report that we've heard a lot about, and Mark Gurman reported it. But there of course, he go. couched it, and of course, they could make changes. So I'm going to go with the ARM transition, mm. because I want to believe, mm-hmm. and I think it's probably a pretty good bet at yep. this point, but it might not happen. But, you know, I'm going to pick it. I'm going to I'm going to say that Apple is going to do that thing that they've done a couple of times before, which is stand in front of developers and say, we're going to make a chip transition. And there's been a lot of conversation about this. And a lot of people like Jean-Louis Gasset did this post that references the the Osborne effect, which is the idea that you pre-announce something and then nobody buys your products. But like we saw with the Intel transition that uh, the truth is most people don't pay attention to stuff like this. And it's not going to be a cataclysmic uh, compatibility break with the past. And so, you know, if Apple were to say announce a new Mac and also an ARM transition, that Mac's not going to sell less well. It's not because most people don't care. And Apple's whole goal with a processor transition is that you should not even notice, essentially, that there's something different. So we'll see how they play it. But I do think after many, many years of rumors, it's going to happen. And as well, the Osborne effect, it doesn't matter for Max, for Apple. Like, the Osborne effect is a problem when your whole company relies on the product that you're selling. And you'll go back out of business if you don't have anything to sell for six months. It's true. Because that's what it's referencing. That is the Osborne effect. Osborne computing went out of business because of this, right? But also, it's not a thing that we've we've had a chip transition in the Mac before, Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. And in fact, I think Apple plans this. If you look at the Intel transition, the Intel Macs were the same models as the previous Macs. So Apple, everything it was doing was just selling continuity. It didn't matter. It didn't matter before. It didn't matter after. The nerds cared. The developers really cared. And there's work that will have to happen on that front. But the developers will be the ones doing the work and the consumers will just be kind of like happy because the truth is, and this is not just about like, Oh, dumb consumers. They don't understand. The truth is that if you buy an Intel Mac in 2020, it's going to live its normal usable life and it's not going to be a problem, right? You're going to use it. You know, Casey Liss's 13 inch MacBook pro Mm -hmm. is going to have the same usable lifespan as it would have if there was no arm transit transition if there is one it doesn't matter because a computer has a lifespan whether it's two years or three years or five years or seven years however long you use it it gets old and seems slow compared to modern systems that always happens Mm -hmm. the fact that uh, the next generation uses a different processor type i don't think is going to make any difference and there will still be a lot of people that won't that will want to buy intel Macs because they won't want to get the first arm mac right 
So people in like businesses and stuff might, you know, they're still going to make those purchasing decisions if they need them. Yeah, I get that. I get that fear of missing out is a thing, but and and some of us will feel that for sure and be like, oh, I want to try this out. But like in the in the grand scheme of things, I think it's going to be fine and it's going to kind of be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I I would like to believe I I said in my year end uh, column this year for MacWorld, I believe that um. I've been picking the arm, the year of the arm transition for like three years. Yeah. It's bound to be true eventually. So like I said, I think it's going to happen, but also I, I totally want to believe that we're finally there and that it's going to get announced. So I pick it. It was my second pick in my list. Um, I kind of assumed you would pick it, which is why I didn't have it as number one. Uh, there isn't a lot of logic to that, but nevertheless, one okay. that I feel is like, this feels pretty strong to me as a pick on my first pick is that there will be changes to the home screen layout on iPad OS. I think it's time. Oh, interesting. Uh, we spoke about this. I mean, it could be widgets. It could be different ways to display files. It could be anything, but I think we're at the point where we need to see some change to the way the desktop, the home screen looks on iPad OS to continue pushing forward the idea of the iPad as a computer, um, I think that it is an important part of the way that the iPad should continue to grow. And more than I think, more than anything, we've had this design, this standard app icon grid design, for too long now. So, are you you saying iPad specifically? So, if they change the iPhone home screen and not the iPad home screen, you don't get this. But you think this is? I like your logic, which is that the, they're trying to make the iPad more like a computer, and the home screen that it's using was already inappropriate, by the way, yeah, because it was the weird spaced out iPhone home screen, and mm-hmm. it was for a different kind of device. So there, it's certainly right there. Um, so I, I get your I get your logic here. So the reason I said iPad OS is if they make changes to iOS, they will come to iPad OS. I'm almost certain of that, but that isn't necessarily the same in the inverse that there could be things they would want to do on iPadOS that won't find its way to the iPhone. But like if widgets exist on the iPhone, they're not like on the actual home screen, they're not going to be like, I am taking that bet anyway. They're not going to be like, ah, we're not going to bring that to the iPad. Like that just seems weird. But I could imagine them saying iPadOS now has this new home screen view in the same way that like they started that last year, right? Like the home screen on the iPad can now have widgets pinned on it. You can't do that on the iPhone. So I'm going to stick with my pick to just say iPad OS. All right. Second pick. What you got? Um, I'm going to go again with the rumors mm. and I'm going to just embrace them um, mm-hmm. and embrace our friend Mark Gurman. <laughs> the rumors are important when it comes to draft time. So step one, arm transition. And remember what I said, which is what if Apple announced a Mac? It would be fine, and that's what they'll do. They'll announce a new iMac with a new iMac design, but a new... I'm not going to pick the design. New iMac. New iMac. New iMac Ooh. announced on the, uh, on the, on the stage mm. or not uh, on, the, on the keynote. New iMac. So I'll give... I'm going to... I'll maybe tip my hand a little bit at this point so I can kind of tell you what I think about this. We have a lot of potential hardware picks that we can make for this draft because 
there are there's a lot of potential hardware floating around right now. An infinite number, some would say, of potential hardware. <laughs> it's all fantasy until it happens. More than normal at this time, there seems to be like a lot of stuff that's like could happen. I know. And I denied most of it. This is the one where I was like, you know what? I Not only are the rumors are strong, but it's really desperate. Because you're right. It's not usually a strong hardware announcement yep. platform, but it is an announcement platform. And this one, I don't know, it felt right to me. I discounted almost all of those floating around potential hardwares as being a, a stretch. And a lot of them I kept saying to myself, it's probably for the fall. Probably do mm-hmm. that in the fall for mm-hmm. the iPhone. Probably don't do it now. But this one I couldn't resist. WWDC typically has pro hardware as its... Uh release platform Mm -hmm. well there may be a pro story about the iMac because we haven't had an iMac Pro announcement either since the original iMac Pro so Mm -hmm. it could all be wrapped together as an iMac family announcement as well but it is just worth noting when it comes to people scoring new iMac Pro is a separate pick in our list so if they announce the it iMac is. Pro, Jason does not get this point. There has to be a replacement to the current consumer iMac product. Yes. This pick. So I will say the I have in my potential pick list. I've listed kind of like drafted between twenty and thirty things out of our whole list that I'll be picking. I'm picking from the iMac is the only one that made it before the halfway point of my list. Everything uh, yeah, else is way lower because this does yeah, feel like. If they're going to do something hardware-related, it's going to be this. Um, but we'll see. Okay, so... We'll see. I'm going back to software for my second pick. Okay. That Apple will announce the ability to change default apps on iOS and iPadOS. So this has been wow. rumored for a while. Um, it's been rumored as an iOS 14 potential. Um, so this would allow, for example, you as an individual to say, I don't want my mail app to be Apple's mail app anymore. Now, I know Apple kind of, I'm sure, do not want to do this, right? This is not a thing that they will want to do. However, I think that they will do it now before regulatory stuff starts to come down on them. Right. You know, that Yeah, before the EU or or the US Congress yep. says you're you know, you're not playing fair mm-hmm. with your app store, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think twenty twenty is the time that we are likely to see this because it, it just feels like a time where if they do it now, they will avoid what is clearly a like groundswell of pressure for this before they start getting told to do it. So make it a good like consumer story rather than a look how evil Apple is and we've made them change its story. Yeah, I think this is a I think it's a bold pick because yep. I think like a lot of these picks it it uh it seems super solid when we're discussing it in a normal episode of Upgrade. And then you <laughs> think but what I pick it in a draft that it's tangibly going to happen next week on yep. stage. Yeah. It's definitely you know, a risky one. When you, yes, you're right. When you look at it like that, it's like putting my draft picks where my mouth is. Is like a, It feels a little bit more uh, uh, I, uncertain. But. Because here's the thing. I agree with you mm-hmm. that this is probably going to happen, and it's going to happen exactly for the reasons you detailed, which is they don't want to do it, but they want to defuse criticism of them. Now, mm-hmm. whether they make it a banner feature in their operating system or whether it's more like something they slide into a November update and don't talk about, yeah. Yeah. 
that remains to be seen. It would require presumably some work on the part of the third-party developers who are making these tools. They might actually have a whole new thing they need to do in order to support being a default app, and they that might withstand WWDC. It also might be the kind of thing where they don't even talk about it on stage. And then it's in the State of the Union or it's in a session. <laughs> and they're like not even talking about it. But they may they may yeah. fly the flag and, and take credit for being so generous to third-party apps. We love app developers and we're going to let you be the default apps. It totally could happen. So it's, it's risky, but I can see I it. imagine that this could very well show on one of those word clouds. Yeah. And that counts, by the way. If, 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 it's, if it's in a slide on the screen... That counts. It doesn't have to be spoken aloud. It has to be visible in the presentation. Yep. The The live chat and the members Discord are saying that that feels like a very State of the Union thing, which definitely could be and would make sense. It does. But That's it part count. of the risk. It doesn't count if it's in State of the Union. So I'm, yep. Unless it's on the cloud. I have some less bold Slide. picks, but I wanted to make some bold ones to start off. You yeah. Know. It's good. It's exciting. What's your third pick, Jason? I'm going to go with the other shoe dropping regarding the fact that you've got a pointing support on iPads now and say that iPad OS 14 is going to support external displays for Ooh. iPad in a better way. You went bold. And it's, you know, I don't think it's that bold a choice. I think it's obvious. I feel like this is part of the whole migration. External keyboards and trackpads, not just the, the magic keyboard, but external keyboard and trackpad support on iPad. Once that exists, and the iPad already already supports external displays, right? It just doesn't support putting the UI of the apps on them. So I don't think it's that far. Now, maybe it will be limited. Maybe it will be only one app, or maybe mm. it'll be split view. Maybe there'll be something that's a little feels a little more like Expose. Um, but I think there will be something because now that you can do external keyboard and mouse and have a cursor on iPad OS and it does external display support, it seems like it's they're so close that and all of the conditions have been met that this should be the next step, which is, yes, you should be able to just put an app on an external display and use it. So I don't think, I mean, yes, I'm I'm making this up, <laughs> right? But I'm fairly positive that uh, they could do this and therefore I'm going to throw it in that they're going to do it. So like this is one of those things where I agree. It was on my list. Like I think that this will happen, but it feels like one of those things where it's like, ah, but I could imagine they leave it another year. Or it comes in point three, like the trackpad support did. Could be. But even then, maybe they maybe they would announce something like this yeah. now. I, yeah, I, I think I like just default apps, it's a thing that kind of makes sense and I expect will happen. And the question is, will it happen Monday? Yeah. From 10 to noon Pacific, right? Because that's what we're picking here. My third pick is about as close to an obvious pick as you can get. Okay. Big AR improvements. All right. I mean, I think... So augmented reality stuff is obviously a focus for them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talking about... And this is big AR improvements in iOS. Yeah, in iOS. Yeah. I The... or. It, yeah. With the LiDAR sensor, LiDAR mm -hmm. scanner and the iPad Pro, this allows them to talk about enhancements that will come to the iPhone. Everyone knows will come to the iPhone in the fall. 
but isn't there yet. This is the reason you can ship the iPad Pro with that LiDAR sensor, is that then you can spend a lot of time talking about using the LiDAR sensor, knowing that it's going to do more. So we'll have to see how they play that and if we consider that a big AR improvement. Uh, The only thing that gives me hesitance, and this is why I didn't put it on my list, because they love talking about AR, but they especially love talking about AR in the context of the iPhone. And that's where I get hung up a little bit, is do they hold stuff back for the iPhone launch event? But I think on your side of the ledger is the fact that it's probably a new version of AR kit that enables even more stuff in LiDAR. And that's a message for developers. So I, I think I think this is good. I don't think it's a layup. This is why it was on our list, right? I don't think it's a layup. I don't think it's super guaranteed, but I do think it's a strong pick because Apple loves talking about AR so much. Because they, you know, again, this is like one of those things, like it or not, Apple have decided this is an important future for them for potential products that they may or may not release. But they're continuing to, I mean, look, they put this sensor on the iPad for that one reason. Right, it's for AR, and it's coming yes. to the iPhone. So I think that one of the reasons they put it on that iPad is so they could talk about it at WWDC, so they can have developers starting to work on stuff. So they're not announcing like these big things that lidar can support with AR kit two weeks, three weeks before the iPhone ships with the lidar support. Like, I imagine they mm-hmm. want developers working on lidar stuff now, and the hardware exists. It's like if you imagine. The, the idea of a, uh, we haven't spoken about it yet, but like an ARM transition Mac, right? Where Apple will ship to developers so some kind of product that can run ARM. The 2020 iPad Pro is almost like the LiDAR transition kit for the iPhone. It is a product that exists that allows people to develop AR applications with LiDAR support in mind because it's coming to the iPhone later on this year. So I think that there will be a new version of AR kit which will have some big improvements, one of those will be LiDAR. And, I mean, I know LiDAR is already supported by ARKit, but I'm sure there's more stuff that can be uh, enhanced with it, along with some other stuff. Apple really believe in this AR stuff. You know, it could even be a case of them talking about, like, being able to use this stuff inside in stores and stuff, which has been some rumors around that, that they actually have a partnership with Starbucks that they're working on now to kind of use indoor and position tracking and all that kind of stuff to make these things better. Um, and that AR will help enable that. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm starting to imagine a uh, a demo that involves like an augmented reality version of the presentation that that shows a giant audience for it where there is none. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Um, but we'll see. I, I think I think it's a good bet, but it, it's still a bet. So that's perfect. Perfect kind of draft pick to make. Yeah. Yeah, I do I also do believe that right now the only people that think AR is super important is Apple and maybe Niantic, the Pokemon Go people. Um it hasn't hit that mainstream yet, but I think they will continue right. to drive this home until people start picking it up because they know it's important for what their future plans are. This episode is also brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? Does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when your cart, checkout, 
your forms or login pages fail, refuse to work, or get slow because you want to know about this stuff before it affects your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can even customize how and who is alerted, so how you're alerted and who it is, depending on the severity of the outage. You may have some engineers that work on this part, some that work on this part, or if everything fails, everyone finds out. It's really cool stuff. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. If disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM and you can get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code UPGRADE at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Pick four, Jason Snell. Lay it on me. Let's go, let's go back to the Mac. Despite my better judgment and my despair and my pessimism about this, I am going to go with Catalyst improvements Ooh. I, we had we had down by the way dear <laughs> listeners we had down as available choices mac catalyst will be improved no improvements for catalyst mentioned those are both yeah. options and i was honestly torn so torn between them but i'm gonna go with the optimism that it's worth apple saying we got a lot of great feedback about about mac catalyst over the last year and it's going to be even better, and we, we've you know enabled creating even more apps from it. Now, that may come in adapting iPhone apps. That may come with specific changes to improve certain kinds of things with Catalyst. But although part of me thinks just despair and be sad because Apple doesn't care. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say that they got it's they got to improve something in Mac Catalyst, right? And that's got to be something that they sell for a new version of Mac OS that Mac Catalyst is better in some way. So, um with you know, in some form saying that Mac Catalyst is better is my pick. So here's your problem with this, I think. The year that Mac Catalyst was introduced it was just mentioned and moved on, right? It's true. Like it, last year, the keynote. The thing is, they made a big deal of it the year before, and they didn't have yep. a lot new to say other than, yep, here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's been a year of developers yep. using it. So now would be the revision year. But I agree with you. The alternate way to read this, and that's why the other item was there, is they've already moved on to Swift UI. They don't care. Catalyst is just going to be what it is. And if that's not good enough, too bad. Move to something else. But I'm I'm hopeful that they will have at least pay lip service to the idea that Mac Catalyst could be a little better. I mean, so if you if people cast their mind back to Mark Gurman's original report about all of this stuff, uh, one of the things that was mentioned is that the second year would see iPhone apps coming to Mac Catalyst. Exactly. So I'm wrapping that in here too as a possible. That would be an improvement of Mac Catalyst should that happen. Oh, it'd be a big one. And I'm be super intrigued to see how they would handle that if that's what they do. But that could be your big thing, right? Like that could be it. And, and that would be a definite improvement. And it would be something worth talking about on stage. For people who don't know, Mac Catalyst is this technology that lets people who have developed apps from iOS and specifically the iPad to bring a lot of that over. It's, it's basically... Uh, providing a bunch of the uh, programming interfaces from the iPad on the Mac. Mm -hmm. So you can take your, theoretically, you take your iPad app and with some work, you can turn it into a Mac app without having to do what you used to have to do, which is essentially rewrite it for uh, the Mac. Now you can bring it over. And there are, are some apps out there that do it. Some do it better than others. A couple of Apple's apps 
use this technology. It could be a lot better. Um, there are ways to work around it, but again, it could be a lot better. And the people I know who are developers who are working on Catalyst apps are very interested in the possibility that Apple might fix some of the problems with it so that they could uh, not focus on workarounds there. But we'll see. Maybe Apple thinks it's a, it's as good as it's ever going to get. My fourth pick in the draft is new Apple Watch faces. Oh, that is an easy pick, right? That's a pretty yeah. easy pick. They're always new watch. I think I picked it last year, so it's a it's a gimme. It's a good one. Yeah, I just feel like it's going to happen, and you know, it's. I don't really know what they're going to be. I, again, like what I would love is personally, I don't want new Apple Watch faces. I want the ability to them have them much more customizable than they currently are. Right? Like, I don't need mm-hmm. Apple to keep delivering new designs to me. What I want honestly is like a tool to build my own watch faces from components that they provide you know something kind of like from a visual design perspective something like uh underscore david smith's watch smith application right where you can Mm -hmm. make your own complications i want a basically a tool set to create my own design from components that apple has because it's like i really like this design but i want to add this complication type but you don't let me do that even though there's space for that, right? So that's the kind of stuff that I want to see Apple do, but I don't think it's what I'm going to get. But I do imagine them always to continue to add new Apple Watch faces of some description. And I think that the 2020 WWDC will be no different. There are always new Apple Watch faces. Mm -hmm. They're always kind of underwhelming, but I agree uh, that's a good pick. What is your fifth pick, Jason? I'm going to go with an Apple Watch one, too. You've inspired me. And I'm going to say that last year in the fall, they announced the new Apple Watch uh, Series 5 has always-on watch faces. Mm. And they're okay. They're not great. They have some issues. So I feel like this is a natural time for them to improve the always-on watch face design, perhaps yeah. give uh, you know better better uh, choices over what gets displayed or maybe the content is better. Maybe the complications have more ability to display things there. Maybe that's user settings because definitely there've been some complaints about, you know, you're doing certain tasks and the always on face is this boring face and not the face you want because you've got a, an activity going. So I'm just going to say improvements to the always on mode uh, of watch faces because there are plenty they could do. And this is their opportunity to take a second cut at that because, they just launched that feature with the uh, with the watch in the fall last year. I would like to see it. Um, I would like to see them really, for me, like just mirror the UI, right? Like stop making it look different. Like I don't want it to dim. Uh, I kind of want it to do more. That would be a good thing for me. Like to keep the color that I've chosen, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I would like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go for my fifth draft pick, enhancements to messages. That's one that I think we're going to see. So this could be, I don't know if you want me to pick here, Jason, whether it should be on a specific platform or not. What do you think? Well, this was in our iOS list. Yeah, let's, let me keep it in iOS then. I think we're going to see enhancements yeah. to messages on iOS. Uh, there was a, a report of this before about like basically having uh, a lot more control in group chats. So being able to at mention someone in a group chat and people get notifications for that whilst being able to keep the notifications muted, right? So you're not getting notified for every message, but just when somebody ats you. And also typing indicators, kind of like a Discord or a Slack. So you can see if in a group message, somebody's typing to you. That kind of stuff uh-huh. would be great. I'd love to see yep. that. Um, there is, you know, I, I was as I was thinking about it, right? Like, 
if they do these enhancements to messages anywhere, they're going to do them everywhere. So I'm happy to just say like on iOS and we'll see where it goes. But I would love to see those features find its way to messages. I'm in a couple of group chats that are quite busy, so I have to mute them. But then people can't get my attention, right? And so right. I would like to have a, a mixture there. And I would also really love to have the typing indicators. It's useful in one-on-one chats. I would love to see it in group chats too. Yep, sounds good. What have you got for pick six? Oh, hmm. it's getting harder. Um, I'm going to say this is slightly different from the the pick that is the uh, tiebreaker. I'm going to say a little meta. We see the inside of the Apple Park ring mm-hmm. in the background is fine. Something we see the inside of Apple Park. Like in all these infomercial videos. So I'm sort of picking the infomercial, but I'm sort of not. I just, uh, we see the inside of Apple Park in some video somewhere. I have this as my sixth pick as well. Oh, ho, ho, ho. sniped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me. This is, they're going to do it because even if they have Tim on a stage somewhere, not everybody's going to be presenting from the same place because you can't have that happen. Like, I even think we may not see two individuals pass each other at any point during this presentation. That's a pick. That's a pick you can make is no Apple executives actually appear on screen together, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a pick. You could do that. It's not high up on my list because it's a complicated pick. I I feel like even if they do the stagecraft, everything that they've done since the pandemic started has involved shots, because it's so beautiful, shots from inside Apple Park with the interior ring that's just those trees and water and stuff uh, in the background, because it's beautiful. Why would you not do it? I have a hard time believing that nothing in this presentation will show that off, even if there's a stage somewhere. By the way, if the stage is inside the ring, I win that pick there too. But if they do a stage, if they do it on the Steve Jobs Theater stage, let's say, I, I, I'm still betting that there will be some video that happens that shows the Apple Park ring because it's just too good. I expect as well, it's probably been a little easier to do filming there if they've done stuff in uh, advance, which I expect there'll be some stuff that's been pre-recorded at least because there's been less employees yeah. at Apple Park. So it's probably been easy for them to, if they've wanted to use the outside space for filming and and stuff like that, they've probably been able to do that or use different conference rooms or whatever, however they've done it or inside spaces. Um, Because, Uh you know, we, again, we have potential picks as to whether we think this will be presented as a live thing or not. Uh, It's probably going to be a mixture of both if there's going to be any live. I can't imagine they would do it all live because why would you when you have the opportunity to have pre-recorded stuff if you want to? Exactly. It is a. It would be a fun stunt to have it be outside on the interior of the Apple Park ring on that stage live. But I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. You have... Because they want to control yeah, it luxury. more than that. But they could. Mm-hmm. They could mm-hmm. do it live from that stage and have a socially distanced mm-hmm. audience and have them people coming out one at a time. Uh, you could do it, but I don't think they will. So my sixth pick in the WWDC 2020 draft is updates to Swift UI. That's a good one. I mean, it was it was just announced, mm-hmm. so you'd think they are doing more work on it. it maybe it gets the catalyst treatment, but. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, even if it did get the catalyst treatment, it's still updates or mentioned or whatever. But I think that Swift UI, I think, is more important to the future for Apple than than Catalyst is. Um, Like Catalyst is a thing for now. 
SwiftUI is a thing for the future. And I think that they're going to want to continue to evangelize this to developers. And, you know, I expect it will get much more time in the State of the Union, but I think will be mentioned again uh, on stage with some updates. Like, here's what we're doing for SwiftUI as part of the keynote presentation as well. Even if it's just like a small thing, I mean, this could be honestly something that we see in a word cloud, but I would expect Apple will have something to say about SwiftUI at WWDC 2020. I think it's a perfectly logical uh, pick. I think uh, it's a good good chance of happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope that uh, it makes people happy because the feedback we've gotten from developers is Swift UI is very exciting. But then when you start to do things with it, you think, oh, it's, mm, you know, right. They, they run into the, the, the limitations of it pretty quickly. So it could definitely use um, more visible progress, right, to make developers feel better about where Apple's going with it. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale that you need to take your project to the next level. Linode have 11 data centers spread across the globe, and they all feature enterprise-grade hardware. They have S3-compatible storage options and a next-generation network that powers everything. Linode deliver this incredible performance to you at a surprisingly good price. What's even better, if you sign up today as a listener of this show, you can get a $20 credit. And when you do sign up, you'll get access to dedicated CPU plans that are available to you if you want them, with physical records that are reserved just for you if you do have quite special and really important needs. You can get GPU compute plans suitable for AI, machine learning, and video processing, showing the breadth of options available with Linode, and also something that I think is awesome, one-click installs of the most popular apps, including WordPress, LampStack, and game servers for Minecraft. That is a great one. I think that's so cool. And there's so much more available. Go to linode.com slash upgrade and use the promo code UPGRADE2020 when creating a new Linode account, and you'll also get a $20 credit towards your next project. That is linode.com slash upgrade and the promo code UPGRADE2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of FM. All right, we are approaching the home stretch. As I said earlier, we have 10 rounds today, and we're into round seven. What you got, Jason? Mike, what would a modern iOS update presentation be without new Memoji options? I feel like so it's a lot. I'm going to pick new Memoji options. Yeah, that feels pretty good to me. I had this one reasonably high on my list. Unless they're fooling us, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, not this time. It's we're, That's too stale. We're not going to do that again. But I'm going to pick it because it just seems like there's there are always new Memoji options. In a year when Memoji are front and center in the WWDC marketing, you would expect them to have something, right? It would make a lot of sense. You really would, right? That's, a, that's an excellent point that... Uh, uh, why Why would you do that and then not have them there? I'm going back to the Apple Watch for my seventh pick. Wow. And I'm going to say that we will see a focus on mental health fe- features for the Apple Watch. Huh. Um, obviously, the Apple Watch is a health-focused device. It's one of the primary reasons for its existence. I think from a selling point, it's probably the the highest like marketing point now for the Apple Watch is the health and fitness stuff. Um, I think that mental health is an area that they could start to tackle in some ways. There's been lots of conversations about the things that they may or may not do here. They have the Breathe app, which is something, but could be more. They could, I've seen people say, expand that into maybe more of like a guided meditation type stuff. Um, And I think that 
the world right now has shown that people could probably do with this stuff and it would be a really nice story for the Apple Watch itself. So I am leaning on the fact that I believe we will see some new mental health features for uh, watchOS. Is this 7? watchOS 7? Or 8? I don't know. 7. Okay. We're on 6 right now. Yeah, I think that is uh, a little bit of a risky pick, but I think I can see how they would pitch that, right? This this could be something that they need new sensors for, right? Like, I'm very aware of that. But, but I think that there could be an element of we have some stuff that we can talk about that's in software, and then maybe some stuff that is going to be hardware-related announced later on in the year. I'm going to pick a... I know this is broad, but it's also not necessarily a thing that will actually be discussed on stage, and that's why I'm picking it, because I think it's it's risky, but there are a lot of different ways it could hit, and that is improvements to Siri, because mm. Siri could use some improvements. And I don't know whether this is specifically like we've added a bunch of ways for apps to talk to Siri, or whether it's we fixed the Siri backend services so that they work better. But I want somebody on stage or in the presentation somewhere, because there may not even be a stage, to say, we've made some aspect of Siri better. Like any aspect of Siri, acknowledging that it could be made better and has been made better. That's what I'm looking for. I do wonder if that's this year. I mean, we've heard recently of Apple buying some companies to try and help make Siri better. They keep buying companies. They keep <laughs> putting it in people in charge of it. They keep doing lots of things to True. make Siri better. And True. here we are. Yeah, I want to believe. I know. See, that's so much so true in, in this draft. Um, for me, what made me pick this is that it's broad enough that if there is a targeted way that apps can respond to Siri better on one of the platforms, then I'm going to count it as an improvement to Siri. Because I, I think the bigger question is, are they really going to improve Siri? <laughs> so I'm going to say yes. In some way, surely they're going to improve Siri. We'll see. Okay, so my next pick... This is round eight, right? Yeah. Okay. Focus on performance and stability for iOS. All right, so it's the TikTok thing. So here's my thinking on this. There was a very strong chance that they were going to go with a reference to improving performance and stability because iOS 13 was not good, right? It was one of the buggiest iOS versions for a long time through the whole beta cycle and then into release to the point that the iPhone shipped without 13 on it. Remember that? Uh, so mm-hmm. I, you know, this is... A, a, oh, no, they shipped, sorry. A 13.0 that only ever appeared on that iPhone. Yeah, yeah the, but it was only on that iPhone. The other devices did not get 13. And it was very clear that it got 13 because it had to have 13 to run and the iPhones were going out the door, right? So... I think they would have, no matter what, said it was a performance and stability release for iOS this year. And then I also assume, I think it's fair to assume, there's probably some features for iOS that have got pushed this year because of Uh all of the, I'm sure, huge complexities Apple's had in trying to move their team home. And, And it seems like there might be some other big stuff, right? Like we expect potentially the ARM transition stuff. We expect big improvements to iPadOS. The iPhone iOS experience can be can be put on ice a bit for a year. It's going to get some stuff, right? If they get messages, they get Memoji, they get regular emoji, they get other things that we're going to talk about here today, that's fine, right? Like That's like what iOS 12 was, and it will do its thing. Um, but I think that iOS 14 is going to see a performance and stability update for iOS. 
So I think, and I honestly think it will make people happy, right? Like people want to see that, and I think it will make this release much more stable at a time when Apple will need that stability. Okay, I think it's not a bad bet given that that's what happened the last. That's a pattern now, right? Mm-hmm. Tough release, stability release. Mm-hmm. Tough release, stability release. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in a, for my ninth pick, I'm going to go with uh, some bad news for people who love the regular appearance at Apple events of interminable game demos. I'm going to pick no game demos. Oh. Now, part of that is that how do you do game demos in a pre-recorded or whatever mm. this thing is? How do you have guests from outside places come in and do a game demo? Uh, game demos are better served at the iPhone event anyway. My risk here is that there's some AR game that they show. Um, but you know what? If I don't get this right, I just want to say no game demos because out of, just sort of out of spite because they're, they're boring. So no game demos. I've decreed it. Ah, screw it. Pick nine game demos <laughs> with guests <laughs> from game studios is my pick. All right, it's a showdown round. I love it. <laughs> Here's the thing for this, Jason. Apple Arcade exists. They're going to want to keep showing it. It's true. AR Possibly. might exist. They're going to want to keep showing it. It is not mm-hmm. difficult for them to ask someone to film something. All right. And and or just have some footage of a game playing and somebody talking about it right like it's a a game i think game demos are very possible and let's just hear before we end up with problems later jason what counts as a game demo yeah this is this is what we need to get so now in our list the what you picked was called game demos with guests Mm -hmm. from game studios Mm -hmm. so there not only do they have to show gameplay but there needs to be somebody it can't just be a person from apple saying we've got great games like this game on apple arcade right Yep. Um I I think a game demo is somebody showing somebody actually playing the game, not just rolling a trailer of footage from the game. Right? So somebody has to be like, I'm here with the game and look, oh, yeah. I just died. Oh no. That is what a game demo is. If we can say it's a little just if I can maybe twist it just a tad, it can be pre recorded footage, but there has to be some kind of context being given from somebody who's not an Apple employee. Okay, I'm going to actually split this so that we could both get it wrong, which is I'm going to say, for me, we need to see somebody actually playing the game. It can't just be footage. Somebody has to play the game. That is a game. We can call it gameplay demo if you want. For you, you just need a guest Ah, from a game studio. Okay. And and showing, I mean, of course, if they're gonna, if there's a guest from a game studio, they're gonna be showing some footage from their game. But they don't have to. That doesn't have to be gameplay. How about that? All right. So your pick is okay. We need to we need to reestablish this now because we maybe made this a little bit more complicated. Because no gameplay demos and game presentations from guests of game studios, we could both get that pick right. We we could, or we could both get it wrong. But yes. Okay. No, I guess we couldn't get it wrong. <laughs> well, no, we could anyway. So there it is, showdown in round nine. That one's going to be, that round is going to be tricky to score. <laughs> I can see yeah, this already. So fine. you have picked no gameplay demos. So there could yes. be uh, 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 like, a, like trailer. a video, a trailer. and Or a montage of games or whatever. But yeah, I'm saying, let's stop everything. Let's stop time and then sit there while somebody plays a video game. 
I'm going to say no. Right. And for me, there just has to be a presentation of some description with somebody who's not at Apple talking about the game, right? Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, that one. That one's going to be funny. That one's going to be a funny one to uh, to pick. All right. Woo. Okay. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at KiwiCo, a science and art subscription box for kids of all ages. You may feel like your kids' summer vacation started early if you've been at home together, and now actual summer vacation is actually around the corner, and you might be struggling with ways to keep your kids busy. Uh, KiwiCo is a fantastic way to do this. It can be hard to find things to keep your children not just busy but challenged, and KiwiCo can solve that problem, allowing you to spend quality time tackling projects, interactive projects, together at home, so you can do your part to encourage your children to be innovators and creative thinkers. There are different crates for kids of all ages, from the Panda Crate for kids of ages 0 to 2, all the way up to the Eureka Crate for Eureka Crate for kids of ages 14 to 104. So there is a KiwiCo crate for everyone. I uh, put together a crate a while back with a little one in my family, and it was a wonderful experience. I really love how tactile everything is. You're actually building something together, which is super fun, and it gives a different experience. It's a uh, something that two people can or multiple people can be involved in together, which I really enjoy. You know, you can sit around the kitchen table, build this thing. The instructions are super great, and they're made in a way that kids of all ages can understand. You can tell from the, the what KiwiCo are doing; they're really thinking about what each crate option they have, how it's presented. The difficulty level is really, really well done, and everything's super cool. And they're things that can stick around in your house. You know, they, they end up being things that you build together, and they're interactive like experiences and experiments that you can uh, work on with small people in your family. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There is something for every kid or every kid at heart at KiwiCo. You can get 30% off your first month on selected crates at kiwico.com slash upgrade. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash upgrade. Our thanks to KiwiCo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. The last pick, draft pick number 10. Jason, what are you going to do to bring this one home? Uh, I'm going to make... So I have right now um a bunch of different picks that are related to each other all of which are about the arm transition and are developers as they were for the intel transition going to be given or you know sold made available to them some kind of arm hardware on which arm mac os can run a lot of conversation about this could it be on a secret ARM processor on a new iMac? Could it be on a developer transition kit that is a one-off that's never sold to people that's like a Mac Mini or an Apple TV? It's just for developers. Uh, would they let you install it on an iPad Pro and turn it into a really weird Mac just for development purposes? A lot of debate out there. I've decided to make my pick that a one-off ARM transition hardware device, something that's for developers but is not available to the general public, will not be offered. Whoa. Whoa, Jason Snow. Also, by the way, if there's no ARM transition, I'm right. <laughs> I just put that out there. If there's no ARM yeah, transition, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's good. I'm right. But the, here's, my, here's my feeling, which is there are so many 
Apple developers now that I have decided to bet against Apple committing to making a large number of these. And if they make a small number of them, it's going to be a debacle because people who need them are not going to be able to get them. I, I just, I, where it would be nice to have transition hardware. I have a hard time imagining Apple going through the motions of having transition hardware that's essentially temporary that they're handing to developers. I feel like they will either have a better option or no mm-hmm. option rather than this option. So that's what I'm going to do. I liked this better wow. than the other two, and I wanted to pick an ARM transition hardware story. So this is it. This is very bold, Jason. Like, I could even call yeah. that a risky pick. There's a Ricky right there. Because it's a Ricky. I feel like this the idea of there being transition hardware is just considered a given amongst everyone, right? Like when we're talking about this. Isn't it? I, I, I agree. And the more I thought about it, I was like, mm. and again, the chances are really close, right? The chances of the iPad or a piece of one-off hardware uh, are also pretty decent, I would say. But I think the just betting against it entirely is uh, because then I, I get the either it's an existing computer like an iPad Pro or they just don't do it and say, it's fine. It's all going to be fine. Um, but I know it's also the 10th round, Mike. And so consider this my spinal tap pick, if you like. Yeah, well, I, I'm. this is not my pick, but I just wanted to double down on something I said, I think, last week or the week before. I'm convinced that if Apple do offer ARM transition hardware, it will be a Mac Mini. That's what I think it's going to be if they do it. Uh, mm. The more I thought about that, the more sense it makes to me Sure, um, that that would be the box. Because I, I think I was talking about it's unconnected too. It the Mac mini would be the easiest, I'm sure, to replace the hardware inside, right? Like, it's a, it's a box, they understand, you know, it would, it's much easier than trying to offer a laptop, right? Like, that kind sure. of, so I, that's what I think that they would do. I, I agree. I think in terms of hardware, that's the one that makes the most sense because the shape, because the shape is all that matters. So having a little thing that you can send out to people with a, you know, A12Z or whatever on it is, that's, that is a perfectly legitimate idea. That's probably the most likely transition bit of hardware that they would offer. But again, are they going to do that? Are they going to put together a whole program where developers pay them to send a to, you know a loaned thing like they did for Intel? Maybe that would be a repeat of what they did 15 years ago. I don't know if Apple's going to repeat what they did 15 years ago. But hey, 10th round, room for a bold pick in there, I think. We will love a good, a good bold pick. Oh, man. Man, I'm really excited about the WWDC now. Now that we're getting through this, all right. Okay, uh, I don't know whether to go bold or boring, Jason. What should I do, bold or boring? Tenth round is tenth round's a great place for bold picks, Mike. Mm. Oh man, I have a very good boring one. I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna go bold. <laughs> now I don't know how bold to go. Do I go? Bold as in, okay, so I have a boring pick. I have a bold pick. Think about the glory if you get the bold pick right. (laughs) I know. Boring pick. I have a bold pick that has been rumored and a bold pick that has been rumored but seems unlikely. And I'm wondering where to go in that range. Hmm. I'd go with the bold italic. All right, I'm going to go with the middle one. I'm going to go with bold but has been rumored. Okay that there will be third-party wallpaper packs as a new thing available in iOS. You sure that's not the boring pick? All right, okay, forget it. Forget that one. Forget <laughs> that one. Take it out of here. 
That was my that was my semi bold okay. pick, but clearly not enough. Now see, now I have a couple of other things that I want to pick from here. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm going to go mega bold, Jason. New Apple display. Oh, Mike, you know that was almost my pick here. That was almost my pick here. So tell me about it, because I, I had my whole uh, presentation worked out for that, but I, I decided not to go there. I wasn't as bold as you. If we are assuming there will be a new iMac, that new iMac is not going to look like the iMac that it is replacing. I think we can all feel that that feels pretty confident at this point, that if they are going to give keynote presentation time to an iMac, that thing is going to have one of those wild, like, zooming in, panning across the hardware, like, zoom in, you know what I mean? Like, one of those, like, oh, you could never imagine such a thing, right? And they've heard rumors of, and we spoke, we didn't speak about this, did we? That came out in the intervening time since our last episode, that there's a rumor of a new iMac coming with the uh, similar design cues to the 2020 iPad, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about it before, but yeah, yeah that, that is a, a thing that's out there now is that they may finally, the rumor is, and this is why I picked it, that they're they're finally going to do their redesigned iMac because the exterior of the iMac hasn't changed mm -hmm. in like seven years or something. And now let's look at the previous picks in this draft. You have a new iMac. You have better external display support on iPadOS. Mm -hmm. Apple don't want you plugging that into an LG display. And... And let's remember that last year the uh, the the fancy display came out with lots of laughter about how expensive it was and the thousand dollar stand and all of that. And we've all been talking since then about how the hole in Apple's lineup is that they're not making a good external display that's not a reference display that mm -hmm. doesn't cost that much, and that they could still sell it. They could design something; it would look great with Apple hardware. They could sell it with an obscene amount of uh, of profit margin, and it would still sell a lot to a lot of people, including a lot of people who have like Mac Pros and are not interested in a studio reference display. Plus, yes, throw in the iPad, throw in other Macs that could use it. I think, uh, I think it's a product that should exist. This would be a great time to release it. I hope they surprise us. Except for the except for draft strategy, yeah. I hope they don't. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. want you to lose. You want it, but both don't want to lose, the, but also don't want to lose the well, draft. That's the best kind of thing because it, it's a thing that if you get a point, but it's something I, I that delights me. Mm. The worst is when you get a point and it's something I don't like that happens. That I don't like. I would much prefer for you to get a point on things that make me happy. I think it's time for Apple to re-enter the display business. Yeah, in a different way, other than the 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 giant uh, yeah. XDR. Yeah. And honestly, I think that we all we all felt this way that the Pro Display XDR again opens the door for them to have a lower range product. And you know, if we really want to keep talking through this, like if they're going to offer a, a Mac Mini with an ARM chip inside of it for developers, it would also be another reason to also have a monitor you can sell them, um, along with wanting to plug an iPad into it and have a great support story there, and being able to plug in the Mac Pro into it if you want to. And that new iMac, if you want a second display, it matches from a design perspective. There is a lot of potential options for a new Apple display to exist, but I know that that is a bold, bold choice. So in a moment, yeah, a risky pick. I will tell you what my boring one was that I actually wanted to pick in the 10th round. But we have a bonus round. So there is an 11th bonus round. And that is, this is a difficult one, I think. It's especially difficult for me. Easier for Jason. I was thinking of this last night. Pick the name of the next version of macOS.
Mm-hmm. Can I go you first? Want me to go first? Can I go you first? You go first. Go because ahead. Because you do have an advantage here in that yep. you live in California and I know nothing about yeah. California. Yeah. I, I basically predicted something in sort of in, half-heartedly in my Macworld column last week. But go ahead. Go I'm going to pick the name. I saw this mentioned in uh, the Relay FM members Discord last night while I was thinking about this. Someone was talking about it. This was not on my list. I didn't know anything about this place. I'd heard the word before and then Googled it and was like, that makes sense. I'm going to go with Mac OS Avalon. That's what I picked last week on the Macworld columns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so Avalon is uh, it's a place. It's the city on Santa Catalina Island. Yeah. It is the city on that island. So if you were going to do a uh, mountain lion, snow leopard, high Sierra kind of reveal, uh, Avalon, not only a pleasant name in a lot of ways, but directly relates to Catalina. Um, so it, it makes sense. There was a part of me, though, that was wondering if I would want to pick something else because like, they might want to make a big deal of this. This could be a big version of macOS. You know, even if it is just like, oh, because during this version of macOS, ARM chips will exist. And they may want to give it a bigger name for that reason was another thing that was like, I I don't think that it is as easy this time to pick that they will make the like TikTok of the naming that they've been doing, right? Where they pick a big name and then a name that relates to that place, you know, like Snow Catalina or whatever. Um, Like, I, Uh I, I, you know, so... I still think whilst there is some logic to Avalon, it's still a risk. What do you think it is? And I'll tell you the two other names that I thought. All right. So my backup beyond Avalon is another Channel Islands island, which is San Clemente, which is also the name of a city in uh, in Orange County. It's a beautiful city. Um, and so San Clemente is uh, pleasant. It will make people pronounce things with Spanish place names like El Capitan and you'll just have to deal with it. And uh, it's my fallback because I thought, I also think, could we come up with a theme that follows on Catalina rather than completely erasing it? Because I think it's better, uh, more likely than not, let's say, that Apple views this edition of macOS as a, you know, we're taking a year to tighten everything up and it's not a heavy feature year. Um, so that would be the kind of name you'd use. What else do you have? Sequoia. Sure. It's another national park. And Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is uh, not only, like San Clemente, it's a city and also one of the cha- Channel Islands. Mm-hmm. So could could be. And I, I just think that uh, both of those sound really nice. So what do you get for the bonus round? You get a bonus point? It's a point. It's a full point. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll be very sad if it's Avalon, given that... <laughs> I let you go first, and you picked the name that I wrote last week. So, okay. Okay. Well, I will say I didn't remember. I actually hadn't read that column yet. It's in my notes in ki- for the next episode, but we don't need that, do we? Because uh... mm. thank you for Avalon. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Should we talk about what we didn't pick? Do you want to know what my actual 10th round pick was? Yeah. Improvements to FaceTime. Improvements to FaceTime. Like Siri, it could use improvement. Yeah, and also is like, you know, would would be a thing that people would especially want now. It would be a thing that I'm sure has bumped its way up Apple's priority list, right? Because they've already done some stuff. They've already made some changes mm-hmm. to to FaceTime in the inter, to intervening time, right? Like they yeah. did the 
it wasn't like improvements as much as it was fixing something that was annoying people, uh, which was the, the the in group chats the uh, bubbles changing size and moving around. Um, they they gave you the ability to turn that off. I don't really know what improvements to FaceTime would be exactly, but I mean honestly, I could imagine them just making an almost Zoom grid like display option, you know. Um, but but yeah, we'll we'll see on that one. I'm not sure. I had a couple left since you took the display, which I didn't pick in my last round. So it was there for the taking, but that was literally my other way to go. Um, I had a couple of meta picks that I was thinking of seriously. I didn't want to overload the the draft with too much presentation, even though I'm very curious about the presentation. So I had a photo or video of a past WWDC in San Jose. So like trying to... Yeah, I had this remind remind you of the good times basically <laughs> and be like i know we can't do it this year but remember the good times and remember when there were people in in a convention center and outside on the streets and wasn't that nice so uh i i was i was gonna pick that but i decided not to go that meta and then the one that i think is a, a reach but it, it struck me actually over the weekend um i was taking a walk and you know had my had my mask with me and all of that and i thought well, I imagine that the presentation will acknowledge uh, protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I would also imagine that that it will acknowledge COVID-19, right? And so my pick was going to be a COVID-19 related new announcement. And I think it might happen. I don't have any information about this, but the idea that perhaps there is something going on in the background where Apple is working. It could be as simple as we're releasing our tracking, you know, our tracking app today or this week or our, our you know, official turned on by everything tracking stuff. Um, or it could be uh, we're announcing that we're working with these countries or mm. these states or whatever, that there will be some kind of we're announcing as a part of this event that we're doing all of this other stuff that you didn't know about regarding COVID-19. Um, or it could even be like we're donating or we're, you know, but a new COVID-19 related announcement. That was one that I, I toyed with because I think there's a chance. I know they'll talk about it, but I think there's a chance that they would make a new announcement regarding it. I have two others that I want to mention. I have more on my list, but there's stuff that we've spoken about a bit in the last couple of weeks anyway, you know, like keyboard stuff and that kind of stuff for the iPad. Uh, one is new iPad hardware, some description. Um, I think we could, like how we see an iMac, we could see an update to the regular iPads here um, or an iPad mini, something like that. There have been yeah. lots of rumors of, of some uh, some new stuff going on here. We could see that now yeah. as a, as we a, rolled that into a pick that was new ipad hardware because it yeah. could be the air or the mini mm-hmm. or the nameless ipad or whatever i think that it i mean it, it, there's never a bad time to update an ipad so maybe mm-hmm. so and then the last thing is a new podcasting initiative mm. i don't have any sense as to whether Apple's doing something like this. I'm going to say that completely up front, right? Like, I don't know, right? Like, if they're working on something, they haven't told me what it is. But I do think that if Apple are working on something related to podcasting, something that may establish them or, again, or try and put up some fight against Spotify, they might want to talk about it now, right? So I have no idea... Uh, what they're going to do there, but I think they could have something in the works. 
something to offer to podcasters, something to to talk about. I don't know what it might be. This is more than just like, hey, we updated the podcast app, but like some some real stuff that they might want to talk about. But I could also imagine this thing existing, but as a session at WWDC, which they've done before. They had a podcasting session last time. Um, and over the last couple of years, they've announced like analytic stuff in those sessions. Uh, but I think that this could be something maybe a little bit bigger, but uh, I haven't, you know, there's a lot of smoke around this, right? Apple have been hiring mm-hmm. people for podcasting. I had the Apple News Audio announced on my yeah. list as well, and and that's not pod, not quite podcasting, but it's related. This like audio stuff that they're doing, audio initiative. We probably could have rolled it all together in like a new audio initiative, and it would have counted for both, um, and it might have been a better choice to pick. But yeah, there's a lot of rumbling, and it, this mm-hmm. could be. I, I was really unclear about services in general. Like, how much are they going to pollute the WWDC keynote with services? Especially since this is something that I keep thinking about about this event is it's a it's an event that'll get people watching. So it's an Apple event that's worth announcing things if you've got them. At the same time, it's also a completely virtual event. Apple could do another one of these as a press event at any time, right? Like once they do this, they could come back in six weeks and just do a press event and everybody gets to watch it live, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, do they address services deeply or do they not because it's a developer audience? And I think that there, again, are strong arguments both ways, which is why I am so fascinated by the stagecraft of what they're going to ultimately do because there are lots of decisions to make. This could be the most developer-focused event ever. I suspect it won't be. I suspect that because people are going to be paying attention, they're going to use this as an opportunity to roll out other stuff, including maybe an iMac, right? But I do wonder, uh, because they could section that stuff off and do another event whenever, right? Especially if they don't have to invite people. They just have to produce it. Um, Because the services bundle is out there as something that continues to be suggested and something they could talk about. But I I think about that and I think, are they really going to do that at WWDC? That would also be something you could roll into the fall for an iPhone event because those are the two events, I think the only two events we can count on this year. So even though they could do one on the drop of a hat if they wanted to. So I, I didn't pick services or the Apple News audio stuff because I'm just not sure how they're going to deal with that. Yeah. I I this could very easily be a September thing, right, for the services bundle uh unless they have other stuff to announce. I don't know. I also didn't I I actually wanted to pick the there were a couple watch entries that I was really tempted to pick and didn't go with because I thought we were kind of overdoing it on the watch which to be honest doesn't interest me that much even though even as a watch user I'm like yeah and it was true independence from iPhone that totally could happen I yep. doubt it will happen but it, it, it will. totally they're they're on the precipice of letting you set up a watch and actually I have in my mind that I think one of these days Apple's going to announce that I fu- that Apple Watch will support Android. I think that's going to happen. I think Do they're going to just slide in there and wow. say, "We got it all, baby. We're wow. taking it over. Forget forget all those Android watches. We're not, we're we're going to just take it over." It's a wacky idea, but I'm like, that's a that's a power move and I, they're not beneath that, right? And you know what? Like, so oh, it's so sad. Android Wear has hmm. failed. Apple Watch to the rescue. And it won't be as good as it will be on an Mm-mm. iPhone, but we'll let you do some basic, like, you know, notifications and things like that. And mostly Apple Watch is independent anyway, but it will talk to your Android phone when necessary, right? Because that's the next step after true independence is, well, what if I'm an Android user? It's like, okay, we could we could do something for Android users. Um, huh. that, I, I think that that's part of that. But I, I don't know if they're ready to do that now, but I think they're going to 
get there, especially the independence thing. And then activity rings is another one that, again, will happen now or will happen in the fall when they have a new Apple Watch. But I, I think we want them to let people redefine activity rings in some ways because not everybody wants it those three, right? Like for me, the sit stand ring is dumb. And I would rather, I would honestly rather have a sleep ring <laughs> than that. But that goes to sleep tracking. The Android thing was initially sounds like a wild idea. When you think about it, right? Like people say, oh no, you know, it's about being in the Apple ecosystem. Well, this then becomes a way to give people a taste of the Apple ecosystem. That's right. It's like, look That's how great right. the Apple Watch is with your Android phone. By the way, it's so much better if you have an iPhone. On iPhone. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. I give one yep, last yep. thing here, Jason, because I'm I'm just going to keep picking it now, whether it's in the draft or not. Uh, it was just like as a thing that I think has to happen at some point. Air tags. Air tags. They got to release them at some point. <laughs> um, it could be now. Could be uh, randomly in like july it could be at september it could be november but we know this product exists in some form we've seen you know everybody's seen like screenshots of code where it's mentioned we've seen it on support documents they this product exists it's definitely a product in apple's lineup uh we're gonna have to wait and see if they do it now but i think if they're doing other hardware maybe 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 all right that is the draft that is the upgrade WWDC 2020 draft. In our show notes today, you can find links to get a PDF scorecard and an interactive scorecard so you can score along with us during the keynote. And we will be back next week as soon, going live as soon as we can after the keynote at relay.fm slash live or in the Relay FM members Discord. And then we'll get the episode out as soon as we possibly can after the uh, after we finish, right? Like I bust mm-hmm. as, like, as fast as I can to get that thing through. And if you are an Upgrade Plus member, thank you so much if you have subscribed during the time that you've been listening to this episode. In Upgrade Plus today, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about how we did with our draft picks. Um, I'm going to talk about something weird that happened to me during the episode today, uh, which would be fun to share. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, got, we've got a bunch of great stuff there. Don't forget, you go to getupgradeplus.com, or you can just click the link in the show notes. It's the very first link in the show notes for this episode. You can get Upgrade Plus. You'll get extra content and get the show with no ads. I want to thank everybody that is an Upgrade Plus member, and I also want to thank our sponsors for this episode that were KiwiCo, Linode, Pingdom, and Smile. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time with our WWDC reactions. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Farewell, Upgradians. 